Welcome to Newest Latest Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Saturday, November 11th, 2017. Big news in the world of DLC this morning. Injustice 2, which has just been knocking it out of the park with fighter packs, adding characters like Hellboy and Raiden and Sub-Zero, as well as numerous DC, typical DC superheroes, has announced the contents of Fighter Pack 3, which will be released at an as-yet-unspecified date. But alongside Adam and Enchantress from DC Superhero Lore, which are two pretty cool characters to join the roster in and of themselves... The big news is that the game will be getting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as fightable characters, controllable characters inside Injustice 2. And most interestingly, it seems that those characters will be controlled as one. No specific gameplay footage has been released, but based on the teaser trailer where the turtles emerge and say, hey, we're fighting as a team... It seems like all four Ninja Turtles will be one selectable character. So it's not like you're picking Donatello or Raphael or Leonardo or Michelangelo. You are picking the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they will all alternate and, and fight as a pack, which sounds like a really cool way to do it. Really exciting. The, the models for the characters are uh, are pretty authentic and look much more like the old uh, movie characters than maybe the more modern cartoon versions. But this all makes sense as, of course, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started as comic book characters before they were ever cartoon characters or movie characters. And they have a long history of crossing over into the DC Universe. There's been uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Batman crossovers, etc. So it makes sense they're bringing them in. Uh, NetherRealm has already brought in you know, characters from Mortal Kombat and stuff, so any of that lore <laughs> problem is probably just a, a semantic issue at this point anyway. But I'm really excited about this. Injustice 2 has consistently been, I think it's one of the best fighting games ever made. I think it has the best story mode in a fighting game ever done. And it has consistently been one of the the best supported, coolest downloadable character games uh, ever. And I'm, I'm just so excited to be playing the Teenage Ninja Turtles. What a cool addition to that universe. As I said, no date yet for when Fighter Pack 3 will be released, but the game hits PC next week on November 14th, and Fighter Pack 2 uh, is releasing on, on that date for PC as well. Already available, of course, on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled about this. What a cool, fun, surprising fan service announcement. EA has had a lot of success, as they do every year, with their annual release of Madden and FIFA. FIFA, in particular, is selling like gangbusters this year, as it does every single year. But that may not be the plan going forward. EA CEO Andrew Wilson had an interview with Bloomberg and mentioned that EA is looking into the possibility of stopping annual releases and moving to a subscription model that would 
make it so that you pay a, an annual fee and get roster updates and more frequent updates throughout the year to a base game that never changes. Now, this is something that I have talked about on various shows for, I don't know, five, six, seven, maybe ten years now. We, we surmise that EA might do something like this way back on Weekend Confirmed and earlier. It just seemed like the obvious move forward, especially when MMOs were ruling the roost and companies like Blizzard were making so much money on uh, World of Warcraft and charging an annual or a monthly fee to uh, to update the game on semi-regular basis. It seemed like the updates to Madden and FIFA are really iterative and seem like something that is much more suited to a, uh, a base game that gets patches and updates as needed, especially new rosters as the new real-world seasons come into play, and not something that needs to be bought anew every single year. Now, if you look at the esports world, it's interesting to me to think that esports has sort of found this model before regular sports video games have. If you look at League of Legends, for example, they're making money hand over fist by not releasing a new game every single year. They just released one game and continue to update it. Now, they have the ability, of course, to monetize in ways that wouldn't really work through Madden and FIFA with skins and new characters and such, but one could imagine the idea of selling real-world jerseys as, as real-world NFL does and real-world FIFA does. Uh, you know, you can buy a jersey and wear it to the game in the same sense uh, Madden could start selling throwback jerseys and individual stuff. So the skins in that case wouldn't have to be crazy over-the-top wacky things like you find in MOBAs, but could be more grounded real-world stuff. I'm certainly not advocating for the microtransaction model to enter into more games. I think we've had enough controversy there over the last several weeks with loot boxes, etc., to, to think of that. And I don't think that EA is suggesting that those games would go free-to-play like League of Legends is. But it's interesting to consider that they're kind of in an outdated model at this point. While EA is certainly making lots of money selling those games at $60 every single year they probably would do better, and I think it would be better for the players to just buy the game once and then pay for individual updates or have some sort of yearly subscription that gets you new roster updates and iterations on the engine. I'm wondering what you guys think. Do you think this is a better way to play those games? Certainly fans of MOBAs seem to think so. Those services work really, really well by being just an ongoing, evolving platform rather than new boxed games every 12 months. I'm not really sure where I fit on this spectrum. I'm not a huge real sports game player. I don't play lots of Madden or FIFA, so maybe I'm the wrong person to ask, but certainly it seems that if it's working so well for Riot Games and others, it would work for EA in this case, and it seems to benefit the players. So I'm curious what you think. Let me know if you're a big sports game player. Send in a call-in. It's easy to do that. You just download the Anchor app, press the call-in button, and send it in. Speaking of call-ins, here is one. This comes from Justin, who had some thoughts to add about my discussion of Hand of Fate 2 from yesterday's episode of Newest, Latest, Best. So take it away, Justin. Hi, Jeff. I heard you praised the game Hand of Fate 2 so effusively, and I agree. It's really awesome. 
And unfortunately, I also agree that it's not going to sell very well. But one thing you did not mention is that the game is $27. And for that, you get a really full-fledged experience. Uh, it's got a lot of replayability and it plays with a lot of cool ideas. So I encourage anyone listening to just give it a shot, support a really cool game. Thanks for the call in, Justin. And I agree. It's a great point to add about the price of Hand of Fate 2. $27 for that much game is a pretty great deal. And I've been thinking actually a lot about price point lately because as much as gamers grouse often about price point, about $60 uh, being the entry point for games, there certainly are a wide variety of games being released certainly in the indie space, that are priced much, much less expensive than that. I mean, we just talked earlier in this episode about EA considering the model of something like League of Legends, which is, which is free to play. I don't necessarily think that EA would do that with their sports franchises, but I'm curious about the value proposition from gamers because as much as everybody talks about wanting games to be more affordable than $60, stuff like Hob which was released just a few weeks ago and clearly didn't do well because of the, the closure of Runic Games as a result, it was released at $19.99. Now, this is a game that, in my opinion, rivals anything that's coming out from Nintendo. I mean, it, it plays like Zelda. It looks absolutely gorgeous. It's deep and engrossing and finely tuned. An exquisite experience. Now, it doesn't have the marketing budget, of a Zelda or a big AAA title, and maybe a lot of that comes from the fact that it was only priced at $19.99, and therefore you don't have that kind of margin to be able to put into a marketing budget, and it was primarily sold online, so you don't have big box stores advertising it and as a point of sale for that game either. So there are a lot of factors to consider, but I wonder when rubber hits the road here when push comes to shove do gamers really want games less expensive because they don't seem to vote for them with their wallets when games of exquisite quality like hob come out hand of fate 2 is another example are gamers rewarding that lower price point with their purchasing decisions or are we so swayed by these huge AAA games that are sixty dollars and that's really what we more prefer. We want those kind of transcendent, gigantic experiences, the destinies of the world, the Assassin's Creed of the world, the Marios and Zeldas, these games that feel like giant pillars, giant touchstones that we all need to experience. Is that what you're looking for? Is it not enough to have a game be reasonably priced and excellent, but not sort of culturally relevant, to use a term from another podcast I do, not to be a game that feels like a must-play. It feels much more like uh, an I'll-also-play-that game. It feels like a, a real division, division between the haves and the haves-nots, and this is, of course, something we've talked about a lot. Also, the big delta between AAA and everything else, right? The games that cost hundreds of millions of dollars to make to the games that just cost tens of millions of dollars to make. But it seems to me that if you have the option of buying three or four games at a lower price point that are all excellent compared to buying one game at $60, gamers would make that choice, but it doesn't seem to be the actual case. I don't know. 
I like to play everything, so I'm a poor example, and I'm I'm kind of a hypocrite because yeah, I'm touting how great all these giant Super A Triple uh, A titles are, but yet I'm also <laughs> becoming very sad when nobody buys Hob and Hand of Fate Two and games that I love. So where are we? I worry. <laughs>